Hey, welcome in. Welcome in, you beautiful fucking people. It's your boy, here again on the Oh No Disc Golf Podcast. Here for episode 37. With my best friend in the entire world, Eric Wolverton. What's up, everybody? We're here again, as always, to make you laugh, make you smile, hopefully get you through your week a little bit, maybe, or if you're catching us on the weekend, get you through your weekend. Usually, really, really, sorry, one more time. We release this on Wednesdays, hump day. So check us out on every Wednesday. We do this. You can check us out on Thursdays or Fridays of any other really day of the week. Any day, because do. now we have like 35 episodes you can go listen to, or 36. So go check us out. We have a lot of content for you if you like this. Faux show. Eric, what's your random tangent of the day? I hated how I said that. Eric, what's your random tangent of the day? We've talked quite a bit about teaching yourself to throw in wind. But we haven't talked, I don't think, enough about learning to throw in rain. So my tangent is just to don't let rain keep you from playing around. Doesn't mean you have to go and play out by yourself in the rain. But if you and a buddy want to go throw and it's just a little bit of rain out there, head out anyway. It's just like the wind. One day you're going to show up to a tournament and you're going to be playing in the rain. And you need to know how to play in the rain. Yeah, like my first four rated tournaments were rain rounds, so. Yep, don't want that to be a surprise. Right, it's kind of important to have that in your your bag. I mean, yeah, playing in the rain changes everything from like your pre-shot routine, because you can't just kind of hold the disc out, out in the rain, to footing, to grip, so there's a lot. I would recommend two things, if I could recommend two things. You want to hear it? Yeah. There's one thing that I hear everybody say, which is just slow down. Yeah. So throw slower discs and on your approach. So you're going to throw mid-ranges more so you don't have to, like, really throw hard. You're just trying to minimize how drastic of a throw you have to make. And then number two, I would say go buy some friction gloves. Free ad for them. (laughs) Not sponsored yet, but their customer service is fantastic. I got a tiny little hole in my throwing glove after like a week. I sent them a picture and they were like, hey, we'll just send you another pair. So, dude, awesome company. They're a small business. Go support them. Uh, I think you can use a trash panda code to get 20% off right now. Again, that's free free sponsorship or free ad free ad usually i don't do that but also if you do get the gloves make sure you practice in them before you run out and use them in a tournament too because that will change a lot yeah i would definitely recommend practicing in them before any kind of competitive round but they kind of take away the need to use a towel most of the time so pretty useful there. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, you just kind of really don't have to worry about it. Hell yeah. Big fan, though. 
if you can't get enough of us here, head on over to our social media pages. We mostly hang out on Instagram, but if you're on Facebook, we're on there too. Or TikTok or Twitter or YouTube. Been posting a lot more on there lately. Head on over to our Teespring if you want some merch. Use code ONO to get free shipping. We're going to have a limited run of the beautiful fucking people. Or person, sorry, fuck, I fucked that up. Beautiful fucking person t-shirts with a heart and without a heart for two weeks. I want to see which one is going to sell better. So let me know which one you want to be like permanent by buying them. And uh, we'll see. Uh, Heart or no heart over fucking, over the you. Oh, fucking. Over fucking. <laughs> Damn it, Eric. Why'd you make me speak? Because <laughs> I can't do this by myself. <laughs> we are affiliated with Starframe Discs. That's starframedisks.com. Use the code ONO to get 5% off over there. And that, my beautiful fucking Friends. people. Friends? I was going to say friends. My beautiful fucking friends. Oh, gosh. That's another thing. (laughs) BFF. We have a wonderful episode number 37 for you today. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the Disc Golfer magazine. We are going to give you our thoughts on the United States Disc Golf Championship. Some of the drama around that. And... For our top five, we're going to pick our favorite players that we want to see at the top of the USDGC and the Throw Pink Women's Disc Golf Championship. Not necessarily who we think is going to do the best, I mean kind of, but just who we want to see. So we're just going to tell you our favorite players again. As if you don't know who they are, if you've heard them 30 times already. Yeah, there's a... Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we'll give you reasons, at least, behind it. If you have a PDGA number or a PDGA membership, you get the Disc Golfer magazine. And most of the time, it just kind of sits in a pile of other random disc golf stuff that doesn't get touched a lot by me. It's currently being used to prop up my computer so it gets air and doesn't overheat. Yes. That's uh yeah, that's that's basically what I do with it, except my computer moves a lot, so not under my computer. Anyway. That's a different tangent, Eric. In the summer issue, so this past summer, the one with uh Andrew Marweed on the cover, there was uh, an opinion kind of written in there about he thinks that they should limit the discs allowed in a tournament just like they limit the clubs allowed in a golf tournament. Um, So we're going to give you our quick thoughts on that and what we think could make it possibly work and kind of why we, I, I, why I don't agree with it, I guess. I haven't really heard what Kyle said about it yet. So starting it off, Kyle, do you think they should limit the discs allowed, uh, players allowed at a tournament? I'll break it down to one word. No. And why not? Because this is disc golf, not regular golf. 
Please don't try and put the same rules onto disc golf. It's a different sport. Yes. I understand the, the, like the comparison, but it's just stop. And to like limit, to compare limiting clubs to limiting discs, it almost have to be like, if a golfer was only allowed so many clubs, like so many items in their bag, you know, they could bring, let's say 25 items, like a golfer could bring 25 items. And as many of those can be balls, you know, like he has to, he has to split them up between his clubs and a balls because a disc isn't a club or a ball. It's both of them. You know, it's not like we have a second thing that we use along with it. I like the simpleness of our competitive rules. The simplicity. Mm-hmm. Sorry. The, it's, it's one of the, my, it's off-putting is, it's uh, to people. It's uh, to make those kind of rule adjustments Well, then, now, so, I think. Well, right now, too, the way disc golf rules work is it's all, like the card decides on if it's out of bounds or if it's not out of bounds, stuff like that. Or if a guy broke a rule, if a guy foot folded. And there's already a part of like where disc golfers don't want to call each other all the time on that because they don't want to rock the boat and they don't want to cause problems for the card. Um, so now we're just asking for each other or TDs who already have more than enough stuff to do setting up for the tournament to now have to go through each person's bag and make sure that they don't have one or two extra discs. Right. So now we're going to okay, do that and then have a stopwatch and count 30 seconds for each person. Yeah. So after uh, each time they're throwing. I think yeah, I think the main reason is just cuz disc golf is a self-governed sport. It's all on you know, kind of your you, like uh Also, what's the problem? Some people say cuz so in the summer issue, they they made the like the segment on it, and then in the new fall issue, there was a lot of people writing in saying that they agree with them. Um, some people have said, as far as like, you know, they've played tournaments with like only two or three discs, and it brought like the playing level down, you know, to like a more similar level. But um, when you're talking about, you know, they didn't even like it's hard to throw a number at what it would be, but. I feel like after a certain point, what? it would almost... I just don't think it matters. Like, what does it matter what somebody else is doing? If they want to throw a hundred different discs in their bag, that's not going to be an advantage, Yeah, cause in my opinion. You're never going to get through them all. For them to have a hundred different discs. Mm-hmm. So... Well, and then, well... Like, we're all, we're all playing the same course. Mm-hmm. Well, then, I, like, they already have the tournaments where you go out and you get three discs and you have to play the course with those three discs. Like, that's that, there's so, yeah, already a place for uh, that. Break it down we to don't one need word. to turn every tournament no. over to, the, to doing that. I think it would be... I think it would be interesting to see on a pro level just for them to do, like, a trilogy challenge or, like, you know, like, let's say for each person to go out with three brand new discs. I know they do, like, challenges on a on like people's YouTube channel, just like a three disc challenge on their YouTube channel. But it'd be interesting to watch like pros pick out three discs for a certain course, just to see how they perform, perform there. I think that would be, would be fairly interesting to see and how they would choose it. Cause I feel like most, most pros could probably, you know, just plan to 
you know, like two drivers and a, and a mid range and then just try to get them close every time or something like that. And like, you know, skip a putter, but agreed. Yes. No, but overall you don't need to put this in every tournament by any means. Also, I just want to quickly talk about how underrated the disc golfer magazine is. Um, just flipping through looking for this opinion piece because I've seen people talking about it and I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk with Kyle on here. I found a two-part segment talking about like helping with course design and what you can do to make sure that it doesn't cause issues for erosion to where you're going to have to change the course or just, you know, cause issues for the for the earth or region in general with like large parts of erosion. Um, I haven't finished it all, so I don't really want to bring up anything and sound like an idiot, but if you haven't given the disc golf for a chance, the magazine, I would suggest opening yours and just kind of flipping through it and checking out some of the stuff. Um, there's stuff that, that you wouldn't even like think about, you know, like you would never think to Google it or like look it up, but it's, it's out there. So check it out. US DGC on to talking about the United States disc golf championship. A lot of people are mad. Hmm. I don't know. It's something. A lot of people are mad about the, what is it? $25 to watch it. Something like that. Yeah. It's like $25 for four days and you can watch it for the next 30 days and then it becomes free to public or whatever, or free to, if you already subscribe. Um, I can under, I mean, everyone's going to be mad about something. I don't, I don't really, I don't really understand it. And if you're not buying into it, that's fine. We're definitely buying into it because one, we want to watch it as soon as we can. And two, cause we love watching live disc golf. Yeah. Oh yeah. That too. That's uh yeah. So, uh, people, the complaints that I've seen about being at PP pay-per-view is there's always like some issues with the, with the broadcast, you know, like, uh, just being in the woods and stuff like that can sometimes mess up the broadcast. So they feel like they're paying money for a subpar broadcast. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just one of those things until where, uh, until they're on ESPN every, once a month it's it's just gonna happen um it's never like such a bad thing that you don't get to watch the majority of it honestly the worst part about it is just when you go to the comments <laughs> it's like entertaining and just so stupid at the same time i always just go to the comments to make sure i'm not the only one and it's not something wrong with my my app or my broadcast so Oh, and then people also just complain about how they they don't think it's a, that fun of a course to watch. Partially because I, you know, I'm sure, bleh. partially because I'm sure most of you people have seen it by now. But the new mozzarella sticks that are like ten, what does it look like ten, fifteen, maybe twenty feet, somewhere in that range, off of off of the tee pad. It doesn't make any sense from a course design perspective. It looks and it looks it looks so silly. I would never do that. Like it 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying not to absolutely hate it. Because, like, it's just trying to get, like, a feel that there's trees in the way, I think. But then... Yeah. Why not? You have woods. Uh Uh-huh. Use the trees. Yeah. It just... It just doesn't... I don't know. It it looks really gimmicky, like a... Reminds me of, like, a putt-putt hole, like, if you're playing putt-putt golf. And they already kind of have those holes already with like the triple mandel yeah. mando hole number 17's almost similar some 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 kind of so 17's pretty gimmick is not really US like this golf putt. championship course a putt putt course like a mini you know mm, i don't know if i'd say that i feel like it's attempting to challenge everybody's like i i get i like i said i get what they're trying to do i just Present think it could unique challenges be. but you're yeah. you already ha- again it's like but that doesn't it's not a good challenge right i don't i think playing it it probably isn't as big of a deal as it looks i just think it looks dumb because i've watched Quite a few pros kind of, you know, just posted on their Instagram and they really say it's not that bad. You know, it's 370, so it's a pretty, you know, Stockheiser shot for them. And I'm sure we might see like one or two. I'm going to guess. Let's see. Let's let's go over under what? 15. Five, I'll go five or no, ten. Five or ten. Yeah. What do you think? That will see. I'm going to go over ten. I, 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 that will see on coverage. Or just see, mm. like even if under ten, yeah, on coverage, we'll probably see like two on coverage. Yeah, there really won't be a lot on coverage. We'll probably, yeah, we'll probably good. get over ten. I'll take, I'll take under five for that. We'll we'll hear or see on other other things outside of coverage. But yeah, definitely not good course design. Lazy. Mm-hmm. But I just seen today at the Monday qualifying match. Uh, I think his name's Kyle from. Another round in, in, what is it, North Carolina? South Carolina? One of those. Anyway, he threw a 370-foot thumber over top of the mozzarella sticks and skipped up and hit the basket. That's pretty sick. Yeah, that's playing the whole your way. (laughs) Fuck your rules. It's insane. If you haven't, go check out Another Round on Instagram and check that out because it is... It is absolutely nuts. And he's he's like, I think it says he's like 6'7", so he can just crank on that thing. And it goes flying a country mile. You know, see him throw over those mountains? Yeah, he'll do it. He'll freaking do it. I wish they would change number 17, but I realize we're just stuck in that. And I'll just have to get over it. Oh, one thing that never found who said it, but they were saying that at USDGC, they often put things in, like I think there was mandatories, tri- triple mandos, other stuff like that, that became kind of a staple in disc golf. And I really hope these mozzarella sticks 20 feet off of the T-pad don't become a staple in disc golf. That's it. That's all. That's all I care about. Just don't, if you want to keep it there, keep it there. Don't put it on every course. And also triple mandos are not that cool. Yeah, and I don't eat cheese, so keep your mozzarella sticks off of my course. Keep your courses natural. 
Mm-hmm. As natural as you can. Three, two, one. Top, Top five. five. Oh, yeah. Today, we're going over... FPO and MPO players, we want to see at the top of the course we were just talking about with the stupid mozzarella sticks, U.S. Disc Golf Championship course. Which is where again, Eric? I just can't remember if it's South Carolina or North Carolina. One of the Carolinas called Winthrop Gold. There. Eric, what's number five for, for the MPO? It's in South Carolina, just quickly. Hey! <laughs> Well, hey, we we got it right. It was one of the Carolinas. I knew that. That was easy. Nailed it. Number five for the MPO players is Big Germ. I just think it would be awesome. You know, he got his bag stolen. And then to come back after that with kind of a new bag. I mean, I'm sure he got a lot of the stuff that he's thrown, but it's, it's still, it's never the same. A top five performance would be a great showing for him. Yeah, that would be I mean, even if he doesn't win it, but just, you know, just up there, you know, just, just competing. competing with the best. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be happy with would that. Be, would be awesome to see. Number four was James Conrad. I mean, he's already won Worlds, but so he shouldn't win this one. <laughs> but <laughs> it'd be nice to see him really have just like another successful finish and just cement his successful year switching to MVP. And really taking the yeah. brand MVP to the next level, which we're big fans of. For sure. they He took him to a whole new level. It's crazy. Him, I mean, even Sarah Holcomb this year did really good. True story. So she helped a lot. Uh, number three, we picked Kyle Klein. Huge Kyle Klein fans because we're from Michigan, so that always helps. Love to watch him throw. He had a really good... Would this be his third year on tour, I think? Really good third year on tour. He's still so young. I just think it would be a stellar finish to, you know, take this down or get a podium or just, you know, finish right towards the top. Would be really awesome for him to see. Kyle met him in person, so it makes it even cooler for him. And I think he's got a signed disc by him, so stonks. True to both of those. Yeah, that was the first instinct I had. And you don't even throw it. It's on the wall. That probably would ace every, like, every tenth course you took that to. I bet you it would find the basket. Probably. Number two, we went with Eagle. He's obviously a fan favorite here. I've also... We've talked about him. I also have met him in person. Also have his signature on a disc on the wall. But just genuinely a very nice person. You can just tell. Super athlete, too. Yeah. He's had a killer year. Um, what went one three, three tournaments? Yeah, he's probably one of like one of my favorite people that just to watch throw because it could be seven hundred feet. You never know. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, he's had like three tournament wins and uh, at least a handful of you know like second and third place finishes that it just want want to see him at the top. And there's a good chance we'll see him at the top because he's eagle and does eagle things. He's so good. For our number one. Probably both of our, you know, top three favorite disc golfer ever, Calvin Heimberg. The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, just, you know, same, but basically the same reason as Eagle. Another fan favorite here. Love to watch him. We never met him in person. Not yet. 
Love yeah, to. Give it time. And he had not, I mean, he had a great year, but he didn't have as kind of, I think, as good of a year as we were expecting at the beginning of the year. So it'd be nice for him to finish really strong. That's 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 the that's the way Calvin does it is just finish super consistently even if he's not winning. I mean it's hard to beat Eagle and Ricky. Eagle and Ricky had amazing years this year, so it was hard for Calvin to get in there. But he took down Eagle at the kind of bold play, takes so. not having either Ricky or Paul in the top five. Yeah, well these aren't necessarily who we think are gonna get like who it's just five, who we four, want three, to two, win. One. Yeah, this is who we really want to see. Um, succeed for different reasons people, i mean potentially uh, this was, yeah this was kind of really like a really hard list to make because every time i put put a different person down i was like oh but what about kj oh what about chris dickerson you know it was like there's like 10 more people you want to put on the list yeah i could have done like a yeah top 15 top 20 and been no problem but i would just be gushing over every disc golfer so and we fangirl enough so let's to, move on Limit it. On the female um, side. So, yes. Kick us off, Eric. At number five, we picked Missy Gannon. She's kind of one of our favorite, almost like, kind of underdogs. You know, we kind of almost consider everyone that's not Paige Pierce and Katrina Allen an underdog. True story. But she's kind of like our one of our favorites to see up there um, doing well. She throws really well. And... It's nice to see her compete with Paige Pierce this year, too. Just. Yeah. And just the kind of the way she carries herself, she always seems very like professional and kind. So yeah, missing putts always. She deserves a big win. Yeah, always smiling. Mm-hmm. Number four we went with Haley King, big fan favorite here. Not the best year in the world, but pretty close to it. She killed it, killed it on national tours though. That's all I right. know. Yeah, so she had her moments. Wasn't quite the domination year I was projecting, but I'll take it. Yeah, we really like just like the new up-and-comers. I know she's been doing it for a little while, but she's pretty young still. So we always cheer for the for the young people because as we were just getting into the professional side of disc golf, she's been she's up and coming right now. So number three is Ella Hansen. She is like my new favorite addition to the FBO side. Uh, I think she kind of took a break there for a little bit um from touring but she is back and i'm ready to watch her crush this is her first official year she throws far and disc golf yeah on the disc golf tour so hoping hoping for something good number two Paige pierce because Paige pierce yep pretty much it number one eric uh number one i pick kona panis she is i think my all-time favorite fpl player she had kind of a breakout year this year. Uh, she started off really hot, and she kind of like you know had some up and downs. But uh, this was her first, I think, really really big year. So it'd be a really nice kind of cap cap to that year. Agreed. I think she has just like come out of the shell. She's came out smashing this year. Yep. So. Hopefully, hopefully she has a nice, nice finish to the year. Again, she doesn't have to win, but we just hope she does does real well. And that was our top, basically, five. kind of our, our favorite disc golf. Yeah, if you didn't know, real quick, just <laughs> through the last thirty episodes that we talked about it, mm-hmm. we did it again. 
Yep. Also, and also go buy an instinct, instinct gang. Also, go buy a truth, truth gang. Also, go throw into headwinds, headwind gang, headwind gang. You beautiful fucking people, beautiful fucking people, gang. And that was episode thirty-seven, where we talked about should people limit the amount of discs in a one's bag. Short answer: No. No. We talked about some of the arguments that are surrounding the. United States Disc Golf Championship and Winthrop Gold. Short answer, lazy course design. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. We'll just, yep. Yeah. Cut that. And you, you cut that. Your <laughs> top five FPO and five. MPO players we want to see at USDGC and the Throw Pink Women's Disc Golf Championship. Which, long story short, was just our favorite players again. Mm-hmm. Well, we love, and I said it. I said it already, but it was such a hard list because we truly don't really have disc golfers that we don't like. Painstaking, you know. We want to see all of them do good. Ezra wasn't on there. Yep, we love Ezra. We've gushed about Ezra for episodes, I'm sure. Thank you for listening. If you made it to this point in the episode, you're a beautiful fucking person, and you should go buy a shirt that says "Beautiful Fucking Person." It either has a heart on you or it doesn't. So if you want to be loud and proud about a swear word, don't censor it. If you want to, I mean, you could probably wear it to a school with the heart. Probably not. You probably can't do that. You could try. Don't. I don't condone it, but you could. Allegedly. You didn't hear it here from here. Allegedly. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You guys know you guys know where to find us on the inter- on the internet. Type in the things, find us there. Let us know. Do you guys like the second ad read at the end on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok? And if we get no YouTube. response, we're never gonna do a second ad read again. See you guys next week. Catch you on the flip side.